Okay, so let's say that you're in your 20s uh, and your, your, your dream, your vision, you dream about, you know, living in a mansion that 16,000 square foot has an elevator in it, uh, a huge home theater with layback seats from the, from a theater, you know, the prop your feet up and watch whatever movie that you want. Uh, you, you want a game room that has all your favorite games and pinball machines. You want a negative edge pool that looks out over a hundred acres with a horse barn and horses, uh, your own private basketball court and anything else you can imagine in regarding your home and your mansion. You want to fly in your own private plane where when you have an event a few hours away, uh, your limo driver actually picks you up, takes you to the, your local airport where your plane is, and your pilot flies you when you land. You'll have team members there that are greeting you at the airport and getting you to wherever the event's going to be. And yeah, as I mentioned, you do have your own private limo driver. You own a couple of different limos. Uh, your limo driver will pick up business associates at the airport. Uh, maybe take you and your wife out on a special date nights, take your kids to school. Anytime you do need to fly across the country and fly commercially, uh, he'll pick you up at your home, take you to the airport. When you land in Southern California or wherever you may be going, your secretary has arranged for a limo driver to pick you up at the airport to get you to your destination. And you know when your event's over and you fly home that when you fly into the airport, your personal limo driver will be there to take you home. Uh you want to be on TV stations all over the country. Uh, you, when you go to events for your team and for your company, uh, security guards literally have to be hired to walk with you just to keep the crowds away from you. Listen. Listen to me if you're in your 20s or anybody listening. I've been there. I've done it. I've experienced everything I've just shared with you. And honestly, I wasn't looking for any of that. I wasn't. I, all I wanted was to make a hundred thousand plus a year and not have a boss. But if in your, if you're in your twenties, if you're in your twenties and you're listening to me right now, whatever your personal dream lifestyle is, whatever you want, whatever you're looking for, the wisdom of the ages truths that I'm going to share with you in this session will be some of the most valuable advice I could ever share with you. And I believe some of the most valuable advice 20-something network marketing leaders will ever hear. So get out your journal and get ready to take some notes, and we're going to get into it. Welcome to the MLMSuccess.com podcast the show designed to return the network marketing industry to its roots of personal growth, leadership development, and wisdom of the ages success principles. We share with you real success stories from real people that we hope will inspire and encourage you personally and help you progress forward in your business and your life. We believe if you build people, people will build the business. Now here is your host who has been called the number one mind in network marketing, 
the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small-town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert. Hey, this is Dale Calvert. I hope you've had an awesome week. Believe it or not, at one time I was a newbie, 20-year-old Shackley distributor, snot-nosed kid living in a 600-square-foot home. I said 600. Uh, Driving a beat-up Chevy Chevette. And I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Uh, now, a, a lot has happened over the years, obviously, but that's how I started in this profession. And just for the record, uh, some of you have heard the concept, more money, more problems, more toys, more challenges. That's all true, and I'm not trying to discourage anybody from any of that. Down the road, if you do decide to... uh mellow out a little bit, to back up a little bit, whatever you decide. I mean, life is an, is an evolution. You know, it's a journey. We learn as we go. Uh, but some things you're just going to have to deal with once you become successful. You, some of you have heard that song, Joe Walsh. It's one of my favorite songs. Life's been good to me so far. And one of the lines in that song, he says, it's so, it's so ha- tough to handle this fortune and fame. Everybody's so different. I haven't changed. And I believe those words. You know, <laughs> quick example. This week, I had a young man, uh, Johnny, who had qualified, come through the qualification process. Um, he was getting ready. He was going to join us with our APL Go North America launch team. And I, I like this young man a lot. Felt good about him. Um, he was going to join Thursday. Well, Thursday night, he was joining noon at Thursday. He was going to go to the credit union and do some things, and he was joining Thursday night, so our Thursday at noon on his lunch break. So Thursday night, his it, it, it did not come through. Uh, it didn't come through our back office. I just sent him a quick email, and I said, Johnny, didn't see you come through. Is there something I can help you with in the registration process? And he sent me back an email, and he said, you know, I thought it would be good to contact my existing upline and give them the reasons why I'm leaving. You know, you're all systems, uh, the training systems, the culture of your team. And he listed all this and he said, then my, and here's what he said. He said, then my upline gave you, gave me the straight scoop that your dad was in Shackley and built everything for you. That's what this that's that's what this young man said. Your dad was in Shackley and built everything for you. And I just emailed him back and I said, Johnny, uh, can I please have your upline's name and phone number? And he sent it to me uh, so I could have a conversation with him. And and then I just said, Johnny, I appreciate the time we've had together. I wish you the best, but I really don't think you're a good fit for what we're doing. I made a mistake in inviting you. And that's how I truly feel, because you got to do your homework, guys. And just for the record, people that don't know my story and my relationship with my dad. Yes, my dad was in Shackley. I was his sponsor. <laughs> I was his sponsor. 
uh, I had that on the on the podcast. You, it's a great session. You should listen to it. It's uh, session forty one. So it would be what mlmsuccess.com forward slash story forty one. I mean, Johnny listens to this podcast. I mean, my story is in the blog, word for word. I mean, from the whole thing, uh, mlmsuccess.com forward slash story. So when people don't look behind the curtain, they assume that you are lying to them. Uh, that's just not a good way to start a relationship. So when I got started in this profession, I was an emotional yo-yo, honestly fired up and ready to take on the world one day, down in the dumps the next and if I was truthful, I probably wanted to quit most every day. But the thought of spending 40 years on an assembly line floor at IBM in Lexington scared me a whole lot more than the pain of exposing negative, uh, self-entitled, uh, unambitious people every week uh, to my program in attempt to find three people a year that wanted it as bad as I did. I would rather do that than spend 40 years building somebody else's dream. So for the record, you know, for those of you that heard, you heard this last week, but for the record, the launch of your business, uh, it should be the only thing you, after the launch of your business, the only thing you should be focusing on is developing your skill sets, your mindsets and your lead generation activities to the point where you can personally add three to five new people a month to your team. And if you can do that, then you will find three people a year that want it as bad as you did. Uh, but I think about my early days, and man, I think, man, ignorance on fire. <laughs> ignorance on fire is underrated. But I had a lot of success in the beginning for many different reasons. And again, I talked about that in last week's episode uh, 254, which was called Network Marketing Lead Generation 5.0. I talked a lot about that, so I'm not going to go through that again on this session. But I quickly understood early in my career that there is no money in being Elvis. No money in being Elvis. And I've, I use that phrase, and people have asked me, Dale, what do you mean when you say that? Well, Elvis, I'm speaking to Elvis Presley. And there's no money being the star of your show, being the entertainer, being the person. There's no money in being Elvis. You know, this business is about helping other people learn how to perform, how, how to perform in the marketplace, how to produce results. It's about developing leaders. It's not about you having a bunch of followers and, and being the star of the show. Uh, you know, I had a brief conversation this week with a network marketing leader that I respect. He called me and, you know, we talked from time to time. His first question was, Dale, what are we going to do with all these 20 somethings in the profession that think they have all the answers and don't understand that building a following is not building a team? And we had a conversation about it, and it seems like I'm getting more and more questions from younger and younger network marketers that uh, feel like, uh, they, I can sprinkle some kind of foo-foo dust on them that will give them the secret to finding and recruiting only rock star network marketers. I mean, 
I get questions. It's like, what am I missing? What am, why aren't my people doing anything? Why can't I get my people to do this? Why is this not happening? Why is that not happening? And yes, I've had the pleasure to work with many rock star network marketing leaders over the years. Many. And I can't give you the secret to find them. Nobody can. Uh, you gotta be a talent scout. You gotta look for potential. Okay, you're not just going to go into the marketplace and find uh, somebody, somebody that's a network marketing rock star. But I can tell you without question that rock star network marketing distributors are not found. They are built and they are developed. They are built and they are developed. Leaders must have the sequential systems in place that have been proven to develop the right people. I'm going to say that again. Leaders must have sequential systems in place that have been proven to develop the right leaders. Yes, there are young network marketers today who can build followings uh, with with their contacts and social media presence uh, that they have developed. There's no question. There's a lot of young network marketers coming in and boom, uh, you know, they, they've got they've got a following. They've got people that are joining. But identifying potential leaders from that following and developing them into MLM rock stars is a totally different game. This game is about developing leaders. To find a rock star network marketer, to find rock star network marketers, you must first develop yourself into one. You become one first. Not, not, not someone who can attract a following, but a rock star who can develop other rock stars. In this week's session, I'm going to share with you the five most important wisdom of the ages principles for network marketers in their twenties. I sincerely believe if you internalize these five concepts and then take action, it will save you years and years of aggravation and frustration. Before we cover the five wisdom of the ages truths, just let me address the opening of this podcast because honestly it was totally unplanned. And uh, when this is the most important thing that I will say for a very, very small percent of you, I wish it was for all of you, but it's going to be for a small percent of you. And those of you that have your journal out right now and you've already been ready to take notes, you're probably one of those people. Uh, those of you that have the ability to attract people and attract a following and communicate well, and you've got an extra dose of something, uh, the odds are at some point along your path, you're going to need this. And... I've never heard anybody ever talk about this in any entrepreneurial niche. And I would give in anything if somebody had talked with me about this, if I'd heard something about this, if I'd read a book about it. But this, you want to star. You, you don't need it now, but I hope you'll remember it, and I hope you'll come back to it at some point. And the, the statement is simply this. When your reality surpasses your expectations. You must find 
a new mentor, someone that you can look in their eye and talk with. When your reality so far surpasses your expectations, you have to find a new mentor. You know, in, in, in the network marketing, in the entrepreneurial world, everybody's trying to help people progress, move forward, get better. And that's what it's all about. But, but at some point on your journey, if you persist, your reality is going to surpass your wildest expectations. I mean, as I said earlier, my only goal was to have $100,000 a year. When I was at IBM in 1980, $100,000 a year would be, you know, in my mind today, I talk about 250000 a year with with new people and with team members because I think, you know, you you get a real dose of reality on what taxes and, you know, so 100000 is not 100000 in your pocket because the government's going to take most of it or a lot of it or too much of it for sure. So, you know, when, when I opened this podcast and I talked about living in the mansion, private planes, limo driver, I mean, I experienced all that. And I understand that today we live in a world where many fake gurus and uh, self-proclaimed network marketing uh, uh, trainers, for that matter, uh, rent planes uh, for a photo op. Or get on a plane and, you know, rent a plane for a day or whatever. Uh, you know, they rent Lambos or whatever cars for the day. Uh, because we, I guess, uh, the Instagram photo ops and so on and so forth. So I understand there's a lot of fake gurus, a lot of stuff like that that goes on. Uh, I don't even have an Instagram account and I, I'm not saying I, that's right or wrong. I'm just saying I don't have one and I'm not saying it's, it is right or wrong, but you know, I, everything that we talked about, it wasn't a goal of mine. And, and you know, the reason we built a 16,000 square foot mansion, um, real simply is my goal was to live on the lake in Mallard Point. That was my dream. Once that dream was fulfilled, the next move is invest in income-generating property, and let's do that in Gatlinburg in the mountains and then on the beach. And, you know, and I'm putting away the money to be able to make that happen. And, you know, because I can rent those out, and if I want to go – and spend the month of October when the leaves are changing in the mountains of Gatlinburg, I can do that. And then I can rent out the cabin, have a service rented out the rest of the year. And the same goes for a, a home on the beach. So that was the plan and, you know, income generating assets, right? And I already had rental property uh, in and around my, my local area. So I want, I want to have some rental property that I can enjoy, but can also create income for me. And of course, this was before Airbnb and there's so many options today. It's fascinating. But so when I was getting ready to say, I'm going to, you know, we need to schedule a trip and I'm going to have Larry, who was our pilot, uh, fly us to Gatlinburg and then I want to go to the beach in North Carolina and I'm going to set up some times with some real estate agents and I want to find these two places. 
And that was my focus and my dream. And, and my wife at the time said, well, I'd really like to talk about moving closer to Lexington before before we buy a place at the beach and in the mountains. And that's the first time I'd ever heard of that. But y'all have heard the statement, happy wife, happy life. Long story short, we ended up buying the perfect piece of land uh, in central Kentucky, right between Lexington and Georgetown, right in the middle. It was 10 minutes to my office in Georgetown, 10 minutes to downtown Lexington. It was perfect. And once we found the perfect, perfect land, it's like, well, let's build a dream home. And that's how all that started. It was never my intention. Uh, as far as flying in a private plane, I never considered that. You know, my goal, again, $100,000 a year, no boss, I'm good. I'm good. And flying in a private plane, my partner at the time had his, had his pilot's license. The, the local airport management was letting the airport go. And he wanted to pick it up and run the, the local airport and, and keep the jobs of the people and get a plane and so on and so forth. And again, I'm not going to get into all that, but that's how that happened. Cover magazines just happens when, when your company's rated one of the top five fastest growing companies in the country, they're going to want to do interviews and take pictures. And that's all that just kind of happened because of the success. As far as the limos, we were doing a regional event, or, or we were doing a special training for next to the top level people in our company, which were called regional directors. One of our staff members said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could pick all these people up at the airport in limos and bring them to their hotel? And I said, that would be awesome. Let's do that. And then, you know, after all that event happened, and it was very successful, and we're going to do this ongoing, then... One of the of the staff people, managers that I work with, came to me. Had a whole worksheet. Came to me, my partner, and he said, "Look, this is how much we spend on limos, and if we're going to be doing these events twice a year, and we just look at it, we can take what we spent, divide it by six, because we're going to be spending that every six months." And and then he showed he'd done the research. He said, we can buy this limo, and and he, it was like a 12-passenger, a huge one, and we, we can buy this one for just get you guys back and forth to the airport. And th- this one, it was a black Mercedes limo that was actually in the movie, the first uh, Coming to America. And he, and he had the numbers, and he said, look, we'll do better buying these two. And then he mentioned a, a guy. He said, I know a guy that can drive them. He can work in shipping. And his primary job can be the limo driver, but when but when he's not driving, he uh, he can he can he can work in the shipping department. But Dale, he can take your 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 daughters to school, and he can do this, and he can do that. And bottom line, the numbers made sense, and the guy sold us on it. That's what happened there. But I will say that it made a huge difference because an hour and a half driving to the Cincinnati airport, or an hour and a half being driven where I can work and plan and on what I'm doing. I, that's three hours that I can work that I didn't have. It may, it was, it was an, an huge investment, uh, but a very intelligent one 
at that time and place because again is time is the most valuable asset that you have so we didn't have the the limo to flex the planes weren't so we could flex and take photos because honestly there's not hardly any photos uh I mean, a lot of our people have them because they were taken when we landed. Uh, but, you know, I could, I could go fly across the mountains, leave in the plane and be in Raleigh, North Carolina, which was like a five and a half, six hour drive because of the mountains. I could be there in like a little over an hour, do an event on a Tuesday night at seven o'clock, go out to eat with the, the leaders after the event. And be home and be in my own bed by about twelve thirty one o'clock. It was phenomenal. So I was doing a lot of events like that uh, within you know that would normally take four, five, six hours to drive to, and it was it was a it was it was a great investment at the, that time and place. So I just felt like I needed to maybe talk about that a little bit. As far as the TV shows, many of you have seen our infomercial that showed all over the United States and Canada. Uh, so I think I've covered everything. The security guards, I still don't understand. I mean, at one time, right after we produced the uh, network marketing as a scam, audio literally was, was getting death threats. And we were having an event around then, and it was getting really big. The events were getting big. It's like... You know, I, they, I had a handgun and an ankle holster under my suit at an event, uh, kind of stuff, but I had to go take a couple firearm classes. And then for this one particular event, it's like, you know, actually it was two. We ended, we had security guards and it, and the first one was because of the death threats. The second one was because the crowds were so big that, Dale, can I get a picture? Dale, can I get a picture? Dale, can I get a picture? And it was, I couldn't get across the, I couldn't get to where I needed to be. And I, I didn't like that at all. I didn't feel comfortable with that, but we ended up, you know, setting up a, a special spot after the event was over and people could come and get pictures. And I, and you know, I can remember standing there for three hours and I remember, I'll never forget this. It's like this was in Orlando and it, I look in the back of the line. There's my wife and my three daughters wanting to get a picture. Not good. Not a good situation. So again, there's things that you, it's just hard to, to plan for and hard to understand. But I wanted to say that because I'm telling you, I promise you, when, when your reality surpasses your wildest expectations, you're going to have to find a new mentor, someone that you can look in their eyes and talk with. And I don't know who that's going to be. I honestly never found mine. And I was never looking for one. Nobody ever told me I needed one. I was just in a situation that, uh, I, my, my wildest expectations had been surpassed. So I would recommend finding an entrepreneurial minded pastor or someone that has traveled this road and understands what it's like uh, when when this happens, because I think it messes with a lot of people. And I think it has in this profession over the years. And I think it has and it is right now in different niches. I kind of see people where they're, where their wildest expectations have surpassed their, 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 
have, have been surpassed. And I think a lot of people have problems dealing with it, mainly because nobody ever talked about it or told them, hey, this is coming. So I really felt like I needed to let say that, not for most of the people that ever listen to this podcast, but for some people that listen to this podcast, I hope you'll remember this, and I hope you'll think about it, and I hope you'll be ready for it. If you don't have your journal out, get it out. Let's get into the five wisdom of the ages, truths, number one. Number one, this is the most important thing. The most important thing I can recommend is you must find the right, R-I-G-H-T, the right mentor. It may or may not be your upline. Hopefully, it's somebody in your upline. Uh, I can pretty much guarantee it's not going to be a generic trainer. Pretty much guarantee it's not going to be a generic trainer. If you look at the track record of most generic trainers, they don't have one. You know, at the best, they may say, well, I was the number one money earner in my company. Yeah, but what company was it? Where's that company now? How many people did you help develop to a full-time income that you personally sponsored? You start asking just a few questions to most generic trainers, uh, you know, and I've said this for years. The number one question you should always ask yourself is, who is this person and why am I listening to them? You got to look behind the curtain. Have they done what you want to do? More importantly, not just have they done it, because many haven't. I mean, YouTube is full of people. They're teaching you how to do that, which they've never done. It's full of it. But, but most importantly, have they taught anybody else to do it? to do what you've done. Listen, it took me three years to find my mentor. Three years. And it was a gentleman named Jim Burke in Rapid City, South Dakota. I think I mentioned this last week. I I spent five minutes with him my entire life. He wouldn't know me if I walked in the room. He's passed now, uh, but he would have never known me. He did if he was having all my life. I have over over 100 audios by him. But the reason I chose him is because when I looked at Shackley, okay, and I'm and I'm looking for, for the right mentor, um, it, it's like, well, uh, this lady, there was a lady uh, in Georgia that was one of the top income earners in that company, and she had actually, you know, I, I really liked her. I commu- I I connected with her a lot. Never met her, but listened to her on audio tapes, listened to several. And then when I started looking behind the curtain a little bit, I mean, she was one of the top money earners. Everybody was talking about her. She came in and exploded her Shackley business. And then you start looking behind the curtain. It's like, well, I found out she was the number one uh, person in another direct sales company. So when she came to Shackley, she just brought most of her team members with her. And, you know, then I started looking, okay, who on her team is successful? Who on her team is successful? Because she'd been doing another company for 12 years, came into Shackley, and it was a direct sales company, and exploded it. Exploded. She was the talk of the company. And, and all right, who, who on her team is successful? I couldn't really find anybody. Uh, so... I didn't feel comfortable with that. And then I look at Bob Holker. Bob Holker was the number one uh, income earner in Shackley at the time. You know, was making, I don't know, 
close to six figures a month. Maybe it was maybe wasn't that it's seventy two thousand or whatever, and I looked at him and I'm and I'm thinking okay, but he was in California. He was he had been in Shackley twenty three twenty four years. He, um, he built a huge team, but then I look again who who who's on Bob Hoker's team. Bob Hoker just had probably a hundred thousand customers. Uh, so I'm I'm looking and I'm trying to find the right person. I found. I found Jim Burke, and Jim was building currently at the time. He was building, uh, you know, and he had done a training on where do leaders come from, and he talked about his different leaders and where they came from and how he found them and how he, you know, helped work with them and develop them and help them move forward. And he had people that were reaching the top position in that company at that time that were part of his organization. So that was one of many th- reasons but but you got to look behind the curtain, you know, because the leader, in my opinion, a, a network marketing leader, number one, must be systems oriented because systems will duplicate, personality never will. So if they're talking a lot about systems, that's a really, really good sign. Uh, they must be philosophy oriented not method oriented say well dale what do you mean by that i mean that there are wisdom of the ages principles and philosophies that you must get from your head to your heart if you want to build a strong network marketing team and you want to be a strong leader these wisdom of the ages philosophies will be the same 50 years from now as they are today they were the same 50 years ago. So you're looking for per, a person not that's trying to constantly, you know, teach a new method to find distributors or to find customers and they're constantly just grasping for straws, but they're very philosophy oriented, you know, and one philosophy would be, you know, the, the parable of the sower that Jim Rohn talks about and how to build a network marketing organization. That philosophy is solid. It's sound. It needs to get from your head to your heart because people need to have a real good understanding of the law of averages, the law of averages. So the law of averages is a philosophy. Uh, you know, philosophies like, you know, he who wishes to be great, let them be the servant servant of many. He who wishes to be great, let them be the servant of many. Or as Zig said, you can have anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. There's certain philosophies that if you can get those from your head to your heart, uh, make a huge impact. And the wrong philosophies from the wrong mentors will set up cycles of disappointment and frustration and where you're always missing 20%. See, here's the thing. 80% of network marketers that have been around any time at all, 80% say the exact same thing. From from those, very few have lived it. There's a difference between living it and learning it. Okay, but but 80% say the same thing. But the other 20% is really makes the difference. And if you fall into the wrong culture through the wrong mentorship, uh, 
you it sets you up for disappointment, frustration that that will never end because there's no solid truth, authentic wisdom of the ages philosophy foundation on which you're building what you're building. I hope that makes sense. But and I and I hate to call out names, but you know it's like. And Sieg is a good one. Throw your warm market a list away. We're going to show you how to attract 95% of the people that want to join you, blah, blah, blah. Okay, she was one of the very first ones. That philosophy, which is tainted, it's flawed, as I talked about in great detail, I think, last week as well. But it has went on and propagated throughout this profession to the point that it's become best business practices, and we wonder why, again, I think I said this recently somewhere, and then we wonder why the, the network marketing business model, which should be at the top of the net, of the of the entrepreneurial revolution that's happening around the world, has been on a downward trend for 10 years. And then I could get into Bill Gould. Uh, last I heard, he was in prison. Unfortunately, many of, the, of his leaders, people that followed his philosophy – are also in prison because his whole concept was build a team and then sell as many seminars and training programs to your team members as you possibly can. And we've seen this in other companies and leaders and organizations, and I've been around it a lot more than I wish I ever had been. And it, it it's kind of like, you know, Network marketing companies right now, many of them. Uh, what's the not be hip? I don't know that, but the the the, the phone company the that start the travel deal. I can't even think of it right now. Bugs, Mister Bugs, travel deal. I mean, you can you can watch them. They start out with the travel program, and and now they're just grasping, trying to find as many products as they can to sell to their existing distributors, not to take to the marketplace. And again, you see this everywhere. And when you see trainers doing this, you know, you, you can become a level one, level five, level eight, blah, blah, blah. And, and then, you know, somebody's going to say, yeah, Dale, but I've been to so-and-so's house in Las Vegas. Yeah, yes, you have. How, 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 how was the house built? Was it built from building teams or selling newbies and unexpecting people uh, foo-foo dust? Simple question. So look behind the curtain. Track record or lack thereof is really, really important. So when we first started this podcast several years ago, you know, my thought was, you know, I'm going to build out network marketing support services and the network marketing leadership development academy. That was my original thought. Okay. Uh, my, my commitment to the network marketing leadership development academy members will always be there. It's not, never going to sway, but I have no interest in adding any more. Uh, it, it, I, the first night we opened it up, we could have put a hundred people in within a month. I've allowed 20. I've never allowed more than 20 because my time is the most valuable asset I have. And I just don't, I don't do it. But, but that's why when we started this podcast, you can go and you can listen to different stories from different people that I have personally spent time, energy, effort, communication with over the years and hear, and hear from them, you know, what it meant to them. And, you know, it's like, 
I think about Cedric Penn, the the multi-million dollar man. I didn't spend a lot of time with him, but I gave him every training that we were providing to our team that at the time I met him, and he took that information and then applied it to the business he was building. Uh, I think about uh, Cedric's in uh, session 25. I think about Shannon Denniston. Shannon's in session 49. Uh, you know, Shannon was an 18-year-old kid when he joined us, and he will tell you that experience changed his life. It put him on a path of entrepreneurship, uh, of understanding a lot of wisdom of the ages principles, and he's gone on and done extremely well for himself uh, uh, in the real estate, real estate investing, uh, very intelligent, high IQ entrepreneur uh, that I I love speaking to and talking with today. And I could talk about Brad Bradford in session 13 and Sue Austin in session 16 uh, Michael Newkirk in session five, David Cook session seven, Joey Morris in, in session two, you know, uh, single mom, two kids on disability, three kids, uh, very, very down and out when I first met her and her looking at me and saying, why should you, why should I, I got $230 in my checking account. Why should I give you 200 of it to join this company? And I told her, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Keep it. If you didn't see tonight a way out of that, where you will never have to be in this situation again, then you should keep your $200. And that, and I meant it, and that's what I told her right when we talked. And I said, but if you did... And you will give us one year, and you will plug in, and you're willing to do the work, I promise. This will change your life. And it did. And she did. Because she did. Because she plugged into the right systems, the right wisdom of the ages, uh, uh, concepts and ideas. She didn't get into uh, a, a culture that was flawed. She did not get into a culture that was flawed. And I hope that makes sense. Your long-term income in business is about the value you provide to the market that you serve. The value you provide to the market that you serve. When you're building a network marketing team, your long-term income, again, it's going to be about providing value. But network marketing is about the number of leaders that are developed on your team. That that determines your long-term income. Homegrown leaders, people that are developed sequentially and systematically, are 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 it should be the focus. You know, it's like today we're just you know we've been recruiting each other, and then people do the same thing they've always done the way they've always done it, expecting different results. It's not going to happen. And this business is not that difficult if you get the correct, if you're in the rob with the correct team, right culture, and, and wisdom of the ages training. I mean, what do you do right now to teach your people to launch your, their business? Why are most people not launching their business? I can tell you exactly why most people don't launch their business. Fear. Fear. Are you telling them, you know, t- to go on social media and do videos and they're not comfortable in front of the camera? You know, I mean, there's some people that are very talented people, phenomenal trainers. One of the most phenomenal trainers I ever worked with 
and I've mentioned him at different times on this podcast, was former Clairol executive Phil Schuff. He was phenomenal on stage. You put him in front of the camera to give a testimony. He starts sweating, stumbling, can't say, get his words out. Talented, talented person, but don't put him in front of a camera. I don't like to be in front of a camera. And not that I can or won't, but I don't like it. I don't. Some people thrive on it, and good for them. But you know what? That's not going to duplicate with most people. And and then you got to help people get in a three to five mindset where they understand. I got to I got to enroll three to five new members slash customers a month. I got to have the lead generation systems to do that. The mindset to be able to do that. And I be I must be able to manage my time to be able to do that. And then it just gets into real leadership. Uh, you know, you got to love people. You got to love people enough to tell them what they need to hear, not what they necessarily want to hear. There's a lot of psychology. I told my leaders over the years, the higher up you go, the more of a psychologist you got to become. One of the most important things is you got to spend, figure out where you, where you don't spend your time. And there's, you know, so there's a lot there. Uh, but you got to find the right mentor. You, you have to have the right mentor. And that's the number one thing that I would, I would tell you with the right philosophies. And you got to look at people's track record. Uh, again, it took me three years. It took me three years for, so guys, those listening on this podcast, I would just ask you, have you found the right mentor? And then I would say, are you sure the way to figure that out is not to Look at their success. Uh, there's a well-known mentor that has multiple clients in this profession, and the success had nothing to do with the team that they built. It had to do with the inheritance his wife received. And again, I don't want to go down too many roads like this. I know way too much. Again, like I said, when I started, you know, ignorance on fire is underrated. I wish I didn't know so much. Uh, but I would ask you, have you found the right mentor and are you sure? And the real question is, how many rock stars have they built? Have they built? I didn't say how many have they found. You know, I had this conversation last week with a young man, and he was talking about, yeah, but he's got this person, this person, this person, this person. And I said, yeah, go back and look at all four people you just mentioned and figure out where did they come from. Because all of them had huge teams and were making six-figure incomes before they ever joined this guy. So, because I said, how many six-figure earners do they have on their team? It's just not that hard to, to, to figure out if you if you have the courage to ask yourself the right question. So number one is you have to find the right mentor. Number two, number two, you must make a conscious decision to become self-educated. You must become you must make a conscious decision to become self-educated. Jim Rohn said, formal education makes you a living. If you become self-educated, you can create a fortune. Truer words were never spoken. And, you know, if you're just starting out and you're in your 20s and you haven't found your mentor yet, that's cool. It's There's no major rush to do that. But the thing that you must make the decision, and this is what we're going to talk about, the 
next few things is you have to make the decision to become self-educated. You need to learn to listen, ask questions, taste different personalities, go through your upline to, again to try to find your mentor, your mentor. And as, as I mentioned, you know, there was when I was looking, uh, the, the one lady, I really liked her a lot. I mean, she was the talk of, of, of the company and, uh, she had a tremendous number of followers on her team, but no up and coming leaders. Uh, and again, uh, there was an, another, another person. They lived in a mansion. They drove fancy cars. Uh, but they had not, they'd been around for over 20 years. It was just, they weren't in, they weren't actively building right then. So I didn't know, you know, it's like a lot of the stuff that they that they taught was really good solid stuff because again 80% of the people teach the same thing but it's the other 20% that makes a difference so formal education makes you a living self education makes you a fortune you cannot build a large duplicating team with the skill sets and mindsets and passion that you enter the profession with you need to schedule your personal education time every day or at least every week. And what I would tell you, if, if you're new and you don't have a mentor yet and you have big dreams, is study topics intentionally based upon where you are on the journey, where you are on the path. See, it does you no good to, to, to attend webinars on subjects that are not where you are on the path. I mean, if you haven't launched your business, then everything that you're studying, everything that you're reading should be on the launch. You know, it, it just should. So, you know, once you find the right mentor, once you find the right mentor, then I would tell you to plug into their systems and their philosophies. See, the philosophy should really be the determining factor of the mentor that you choose, the philosophy in them and the, and the systems, you know, not the wealth that they show are, you know, their philosophy is more important than, than methods. So I think the mistake that a lot of people make, they look at the wealth that is displayed and, and then the methods and, and, it's by looking at the track record, who have they developed, and the philosophies. If the philosophies are not sound, if the culture is not sound, you're setting yourself up for years and years and years of disappointment. So what a lot of people right now listen to me, you haven't really launched your business yet. And, and a lot of you, you got to admit to yourself, what are you, what's your fear? And, and a lot of people have fear of the launch. And you have to learn how to deal with the fear. There's four pod, podcasts in this session. I don't have them in front of me that talk about nothing but overcoming fear. It's the most, it's the number one thing I've talked about since we started this podcast. And you got to admit the fear and overcome it. And you have to understand your whirlpool. 
I've talked about in this podcast, the whirlpool, you should be able to teach whirlpool to your people because you, you understand it because we all go through it. It's just the way we're made in our DNA. So you have to understand the whirlpool. You have to understand your pendulum. Your pendulum is so important. I'll, I did a video on that years ago. I'll find it. I'll find it. And, and we'll put it in the show notes because guys, as human beings, we all have built within our DNA, fight, flight, our fear. And we have to understand how to control that. We have to understand what's going on. And, and so much of what we do, if we don't have the right intentions, if we're not authentic when we're talking with people, if we think that we're trying to scam somebody or what we're doing is not legit, then we're going to have all kinds of problems that you can't even comprehend, not just building but down the road as well so number two number two is you got to make an a conscious decision to become self-educated if if you're having fears you got to conquer the fear get it over with once and for all understand what's going on in your own mind and understand how to get through it understand how how we are all programmed for based upon by the time we're 12 years old we're programmed and we just become 12 year old adults you know, and again, I've talked about this so much. I don't want to go into it all again. Number three, define and write down your reasons. Everybody on our team, you know, first thing you do, top 20 reasons, top three. Uh, then down the road, you know, if you, if you get your business launched and you're, you know, okay, they're, they got it launched. Okay. Now that's a check. Then you want to increase your visions, make it stronger with a vision board. Uh, I believe I haven't accomplished anything significant in my life that I wasn't looking at the picture of it being accomplished sometime months, years before it ever happened. And then the last thing I haven't talked a lot about, I talk about it in our Programming Your Mind for Success program. Uh, it's closed, but you can learn more if you want it. Programmingyourmindforsuccess.com is spend 15 minutes a day intentionally programming your mind for success. And that's through affirmation, self-talk. Uh, and then watch your mind movie every day. And what is a mind movie, Dale? I've talked about it not in as much detail as I can, but it's a mind movie. It's like, what is your perfect day? What is your perfect day? How would your perfect day? And, and in programming your mind for success, those of you that have been through that program, you know we have people write out their perfect day. And then you take your perfect day and you visualize it. You make a mind movie out of it and live that mind movie every day. I can look back over the years at different mind movies that I've had and and then once once they become a reality it's just like I I'm, you get chills I get chills thinking about it thinking about it uh you know that I I watch that mind movie I think about picking up uh getting my first bonus car from the Shackley Corporation the very first one and the mind movie that I had thinking about that experience and how when it happened it was just phenomenal and I could go on and on and share different stories I won't but I will tell you number three is you got to define and write down your reasons create your vision board any amount of time energy and effort you can spend on understanding this concept as deep as you can uh, 
you know, creating the mind movie. Uh, you know, I did a whole training. It's probably on YouTube called programming your mind for success. I'll try to find that as well. Cause that will help. Number four, this is so important. Appreciate yourself and understand how unique you are. The fact that you're listening to this podcast and probably in your twenties, you're rare. You're unique. You're different. Now there are other people out there like you and that's who you have to find. And that's the tough part because you think everybody thinks the way you do. They don't. They don't. They don't. You're unique. You're different. And here's what I want you to room, to understand. You are already a success. My definition of success is anybody is successful that is living their life working towards worthy goals. You're a success because 97% of the population don't do that. Don't do that. The fact that you're listening, the fact that you probably have goals written down, and if you don't, you will after number three that we just covered. But the fact that you're work, living your life working towards worthy goals means you're already a success. Here's what you need to understand as well. Once you reach those goals, you're no longer a success unless you set new ones, unless you set new goals. See, and again, just as I regress a little bit, what happened to Dale Calvert was my reality became so far beyond my wildest dreams. And once that happened, I couldn't even comprehend setting more goals. I couldn't comprehend setting more goals. I already had more and experienced more than I ever dreamed possible. How could I set more goals? I didn't get this concept. I didn't understand. And I had taught it. I taught this. That success is living your life, working towards worthy goals. But what I didn't know or didn't know how to deal with is what happens when your, your reality is so sar- far surpassed your wildest expectations. Here's the conclusion I've come to think about today. This, And again, uh, there's so little that's ever been talked about on this subject. But for me, and... And I think probably people that are driven by greed and ego probably do this anyway. At some level, I don't know. And maybe that's one reason I've kind of always just avoided it. You know, there's nothing more disgusting, uh, uh, human characteristic. Very few more disgusting to me than greed and greed, greedy people can't, 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 hide it very long. They just can't. But I believe that the the only way to keep score at a certain point, once you have more toys than you would ever need, <laughs> uh and you and once you've had you've traveled every so so many places, there's no there's nothing left on your bucket list to places you want to travel to. Once you get to kind of that level, then I think it comes down to uh, net worth and 
what you can leave to the next generation. I think that that's the focus. Net worth, what you can leave to the next generation. And I think that is a uh, worthy go that you can work towards that has no ending, has no top. And I hope that will help somebody, maybe not now, but down the road. Last thing, number five, and there's no doubt in my mind that most 20-somethings, I would say 99% of the 20-somethings in network marketing don't understand this concept. And most have to learn the hard way. And that is all network marketing opportunities are not created equal. Uh, and depending on your goals, you know, you really can't miss this point. And I did most network marketing companies, uh, young network marketers do. Uh, I'm kind of under the opinion now that maybe it can't even be explained that it has, it has to be experienced. And unfortunately, if it's experienced, it, it's always going to be a negative experience. Uh, most network marketers fall in love with their first company. Across the board, that's a true statement in 90 plus percent of the cases. Most network marketers, they get plugged in, okay? They get plugged into the culture, even if it's the wrong culture. Even if it's a wrong mentor, but if they get plugged in, most network marketers will fall in love with their first company. Um, and they don't have enough knowledge and experience and wisdom to be able to distinguish, uh, if, if that is a good business move or not. And again, I'm a lot of times I find myself trying to explain things that I've experienced. But, but are very difficult to teach and very controversial many times. But most comp- most network marketers fall in love with their first companies. And it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s or if you're in your 60s when you join your first company. Most, comp- most people fall in love with their first company. And all network marketing companies are not created equal. The, the best thing you can do is give your chance Give, put yourself in a situation with the right company at the right time in history that gives you the chance to maximize your full upside potential because you can have the best mind movie in the world. You can, ha- you can have conquered fear. Uh, you can, you can be in, in a great culture with great people and still not be with the right company at the right time in history. Uh, you know, and most, most early network marketers, young, will have opportunities that will be presented that they'll just miss. And I did. I missed Herbalife. I've talked about it in this podcast. I'm not going to go through it again. Uh, but I could have been the second distributor in the state of Kentucky in Herbalife. And, but I was in love with Shackley. So I let Herbalife pass me by. I was at the grand opening of the A.L. Williams office in Lexington, Kentucky, the night it opened, being heavily recruited, could have been there right in the beginning with Art Williams and A.L. Williams, but I was in love with Shackley. What I didn't get at the time, man, Dale, Shackley was a 25-year-old company when you got there. 
I mean, yes, you were the youngest sales coordinator in the history of the company. You had the bonus cars, the trips. A lot of people knew who you were. Uh, you know, you won a lot of awards, et cetera. But, Dale, you were in the wrong company at the wrong time in history. And I think about this today because I was talking with a a, a young person last week uh, that's involved in Mel Luca. And this is their first network marketing company. She's 26 years old. And she was telling me all about uh, uh, the culture and her team and her upline. And and it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal people. Uh, she was in uh, Russ Paley's upline. I've never met him personally, I don't think, over the years. But I know he's been there, you know, 30 plus years and I've never heard anybody really talk bad about the guy. I mean, he's got a great reputation. I think he's a very value focused leader from everything I've heard over the years. So she's in a really good culture, really good company, uh, quality products, no question about it. But the truth is the big money has already been made there. That's the truth. The truth is the time, energy, and effort that she puts into that, if she was in front of the right company, the right trend at the right time, she could make and earn and help 10 times more people than she'll be able to in the next five years. And it's really hard for me to try to communicate that to people because she was, she was phenomenal. 26 year old, single mom, two kids, career frustrated has topped out in her corporate job looking, loves network marketing, loves the personal development aspect, is having some success. Uh, so what, what do you tell somebody like that? It, it, it's, it, but, but again, if I didn't include this in these top five, top five critical philosophies i'm i'm not doing the listeners of this podcast i'm providing i'm shortchanging it i'm shortchanging it and it is true and go and ask anybody that's that's had success in multiple companies that question and it is a wisdom of the ages truth the more credible the company the less of an upside the less of an upside potential exists with that company. Uh, most startups are out of business within five years. It's just the way it is in this profession. I wouldn't mess with a startup. And again, I've talked about this many, many times in this podcast. So I don't think I need to say too much more about it than just to reiterate that you've been in the right place at the right time with the right company makes a significant difference in your overall overall success. And again, you can be in the right place at the right time with the right company and it's like so what? I mean, if if you don't take action, nothing matters anyway. And uh it, it just doesn't. But I did do a uh a, a webinar that I think actually a training that I think will really help you uh if you have any kind of thoughts there. Uh, what was it called? Behind the MLM curtain, I think. Yeah. Behind the MLM curtain, three secrets nobody will tell you. And it's really worth seeing. It's at mlmsuccess.com forward slash 
three dash secrets. If you haven't seen that, you should. But just to kind of reiterate these five concepts, these five ideas that if you internalize them will make a huge, huge impact for you, especially, you know, until you find the right mentor. And once you find the right mentor, you know, plug into what they're and again, look behind the curtain. Have they done what you want to do? Have they helped other people? You got to ask the right questions because finding the wrong mentor and the wrong team culture is, is devastating, devastating to people. Ask people that follow Bill Gould that are now in jail. I, I, I mean, and I hate to say that, but it's like, it's the truth. It's just the truth. You have to find the right mentor at the right time, you know, so. Just to recap real quick, number one, we talked about finding the right mentor. That's number one. Number two, uh, you have to, you, you really have to make the decision to become self-educated. And that's a conscious decision. Uh, the most dangerous people in network marketing are those that have learned by osmosis, just hanging around. They're the most dangerous people in this profession, without question. They've just been to enough events. They've heard enough speakers. They think they got it because they've learned by osmosis. No, it's intentional self-education focused on where you are on your path, on your journey. And if, if you need somebody to help you with that, you got to find somebody that can help you with that. You know, I never will forget one of the mo- hot, biggest names, biggest names in network marketing today on an interview talking about, well, he was not much of a reader and he never really listened to Jim Rohn or any other speaker. He just kind of went on his own gut feelings. And it was like, I, I cannot believe that they said it, but what I really can't believe is they're, they're so self-absorbed that they would even admit that. I mean, that's a different level of 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 confidence that borders uh, psychopath. I mean, really, you've got to you've got to determine to become self-educated. There's nothing worse than the confidence that goes with ignorance. Number three, you play your mind movie. Understand the power of goals. You know, Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret. If you haven't seen that, I know a guy I work with says I listen to it every day. Strangest Secret every day. Earl Nightingale. Understand that. And I don't know why you have to listen to it every day. It's like at some point you just got to realize, look, here's the truth. The people that write down their goals and why they're doing what they're doing accomplish more. The 3% that do accomplish more than the 97 that don't. Why would you not do it? Next. I mean, really, guys. So you got to understand it. Write them down. Understand vision boards from somebody that is ex- has experience uh, accomplishing that, which has been on their vision boards. So a lot of people talk about vision boards because it's a hot topic, but but learn from those who have actually accomplished what they put on their boards. Uh, uh, programinyourmind.com. I already mentioned that. Uh, Fifteen minutes a day, intentionally. Programming your mind for success. 
I don't get out of bed in the morning till my mind's right, till I'm ready to take on the day. Number four, really accept the fact that you're already a success. You really are. In fact, you've listened to this podcast to this point. You're already a success. And I'll put that video in the show notes. And number five, understand that you're looking for the right opportunity at the right time. Timing is really important. Don't ignore timing. Uh, and that is with any business venture that you enter. Any business venture, any business venture that you ever enter, you have to respect the timing of where you are. I hope those have helped you. Uh, you guys have a phenomenal week. This is Dale Calvert. This is Dale Calvert. We'll talk to you next week on another session of the MLM Success Podcast. Hey, and if you haven't gone over to MLMSuccess.com lately and looked at the blog over there, some of the videos, uh, go check it out. It would be worth it this week during your education time. MLMSuccess.com. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate you. Have a great week. If you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review, what are you waiting for? At Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize. And more importantly, it helps others like you find us. So if you've not taken the time to rate this podcast, please go over to iTunes and do that for us now. It will only take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business, and we will be back next week with another inspiring success story, wisdom of the ages training, or answers to your questions.